When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm a fan of the, the lyrics. If the snow becomes too deep, just give a little beep. We'll go in by the fire and warm your little wires. <laughs> Don't get too close to the fire with those wires. <laughs> What can you get some Star Wars podcast hosts for Christmas when they already own a Star Wars podcast? Those are the types of questions we hope to answer this week on the Dagobah Dispatch as we dive in deep to do a track-by-track breakdown of the 1980 Star Wars Christmas album, Christmas in the Stars. If you have never heard it, you are in for a delight, and I use the word delight loosely, But tis the season to start looking at bizarre holiday offerings from a galaxy far, far away. And we shall start that endeavor right here and right now, for better or for worse. I'm Dalton Ross, here with a sled full of goodies, joined as always by Devin Kogan and Lauren Morgan, who don't just have bells on, they have bells, bells, bells on. Devin, are you ready to to take a, a Star Wars sleigh ride today? Dude, let's get festive in here. This is I I am so excited for this. I have been listening to these tracks over the last couple of days. Um, the other day we were in the office and our producer Sammy was just blasting it, and everybody in the office was like, What what is going on over there? So I am very excited to to get to talk about this. Lauren? I uh I played this to put up my Christmas tree the other night, and my daughter was like, Can we put something else on? And I'm like, No, no, we can't. This is what we're listening to every year now, from now on. I've been playing this for for 20 years every Christmas, so I'm (laughs) glad to to draw you all into my madness. And and we're going to get, do like I said, a deep dive into the history of this album and every single song on it. Uh, But but real quick, before we get into that, Devin, I, I have to bring you up to speed on something. There is a huge argument in the world of Dagobah Dispatch last week that you were not privy to. Massive, massive scandal, huge controversy happening. And I'm going to draw everyone's attention. This is where it started on the podcast last week, if you missed last week's episode. And uh, Lauren Morgan started bragging about her her sweater. She was going to wear a sweater. I was bragging. Uh, it's a little braggy uh, that she was going to going to wear a sweater to the office. And I said, uh, oh, okay, I'll, I'll also wear a sweater and we'll have like a sweater off. So we get to the office. I see Lauren's sweater. It's nice. I'm not going to lie. It was, a, it was a good sweater. She's wearing a good sweater now too mm-hmm. as well. But I thought I matched her pretty well. And so I, I, I said to everyone, all right, we got to take a vote. Like we're obviously biased. So I, I pull the entertainment weekly staff around us <laughs> and I say, all right, we're having a little bit of a competition. Who has the wildest sweater? And Laura goes, oh, no, 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 no. It's not wildest sweater. It's craziest sweater. And I say, mm. what are you talking about? It's wildest sweater. She goes, I very specifically said crazy. I'm wearing a crazy sweater. I'm like, you said wild sweater. And she said, I said crazy. I said, Lauren, I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. I can't remember if I'm in the shower, whether I soaked myself up yet or not. That happens literally every time. But I know one thing, and you said wild. And and, and it just erupted into this huge, like, <laughs> people were throwing staplers. Uh, it was just, it was crazy. Wow. And I'll say a few things that neither of us would budge on it. I will also say <laughs> that, so then I'm awkwardly having to tell the stuff, all right, fine. Who has the wildest slash craziest <laughs> sweater? And I feel like that confused everyone even more. He's I, just mad that he lost. I lost unanimously. It wasn't even close. He's just mad it that It was he lost. a blowout. Uh-huh. It was a blowout. She destroyed me. But I, but, but I, I said to her as we're arguing about this, I go, you know, Laura, we don't even have to argue about this. I mean, we, this is on tape. This was literally unlike most conversations (laughs) where you have with people where you can't go back. We actually have, we can throw out the red penalty flag like they do (laughs) in the NFL and they, and we can do all that and, and, uh, and go to the tape and listen. So I asked Sammy, our producer to pull (laughs) the conversation Mm -hmm. and I I just want to, uh, to reiterate, I've been adamant that it was wild and wildest sweater. And Lauren has been adamant that it was craziest sweater. 
So let's go to the tape from last <laughs> week and let's find out what happened. What about ugly Christmas sweaters or things? Like I that I just generally like ugly sweaters. Like I wear wild sweaters through. Like that's my my thing. Like I will probably wear a very wild sweater into the office tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I just like wild sweaters. They don't even have to be ugly Christmas sweaters. <laughs> but if it's like a, a completely wild pattern, I'm like. That's my sweater. I'm getting it. Now, so. how wild is wild, Lauren? What are you talking it's, about It's here? pretty. Oh, I, mean, I really did say it a lot. So you're going to wear it tomorrow. Um, I'll see you in the sweater tomorrow. I can I'll, report I'll, I'll the wear sweater. The, I'll wear my new, one of my new more wild sweaters <laughs> tomorrow. So. All right. I'm going to take a picture of Lauren Morgan in her quote unquote wild <laughs> sweater. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. They're usually always striped. I mean, they honestly, they look like a toddler would wear them. What That's if I wear a wild sweater too? Okay. Oh my we God. just wear wild sweaters. <laughs> I'm going to wear a wild day? sweater. Yeah. We're having a sweater off. Okay, We're having I'm sweater, sweater off. off. All right. She said the word wild six times. I did. Okay. Yeah, totally Lauren, I think you it. lost that See, one. See, this is the th- Yeah, no. The thing is, I never, ever remember what I say. So the fact that he was like, I was like, no, no, no. I said that. And I was like, I literally, like, I won't remember what I said a half an hour ago. Sometimes my husband will be like, what did you just say? And I'm like, honestly, I don't remember what I just said. So I don't ever <laughs> I can't. But I said it, the words but I believed mouth. it with. I, I believed I. I had said crazy. I, I can't express how adamant she was <laughs> that it was crazy. It was, and she was like getting mad at me for insinuating that it was wild. And I, the best part of that that clip we just played is I'm quoting her in the clip. Okay, I'll wear a wild sweater because she I, keeps saying the word wild. I think wild. it's because I normally talk about my sweaters as being crazy, and this time I talked about them as being wild. But I always remember myself as talking about my sweaters being crazy. So. But I did say wild. He was right, but I still won the sweater yeah, off. She still so, beat me. Boom. So yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think Lauren still wins this round having, yeah, having the, the wilder sweater. I'm just <laughs> I, I'm I'm you know issuing a an official um you know uh, designation that this should not be counted. I am this is officially under protest. <laughs> uh, last week's result of the of the we wild can try it off. again. We will try it again. We will try it again. Mm-hmm. Um. So there you go. The proof is in the pudding. All right. Now that that's all settled. It's time to dip into Christmas in the Stars, colon, Star Wars Christmas album, which is so, <laughs> I mean, just right there. It's not even a Star Wars Christmas album or the Star Wars Christmas album. It's literally Christmas in the Stars, colon, Star Wars Christmas album, which is just fantastic. Uh, so let me give a little history before we get into the music. We're going to play some clips and we're going to sort of react to that. This was an album that came out in 1980 on RSO Records. And it's uh, it's basically, it's a Star Wars Christmas album. Uh, it's basically mostly sung and narrated by Anthony Daniels, who obviously played C-3PO in the film. And the the, the creative team around this was um, basically it was this guy Mecco, I think it was Meso. I don't. I always pronounce it Mecco when I was a kid. Mecco Minardo. He did this album, Star Wars and Other Galactic Funk. Have you guys heard that? All right, we're, that's, that's I'm a deep familiar with the, the disco track. Yeah, <laughs> just the, disco, the disco Star Wars theme song, which was the big yes. hit. Yeah, I, I think I've heard There's that. disco cantina. There's just like disco. I'm more familiar and, with disco duck, though, being a uh, child of the 80s. Rick Dees. Mm. Rick Dees. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll get into that in another <laughs> episode. <laughs> uh, but basically, so this was sort of the, uh, you know, they, that was, was a hit. So they said, well, let's just kind of do that same thing, but make a Star Wars Christmas album. So that's what they did. So he worked with this guy, um, Maury Yeston, who went on to actually win some Tony Awards for various shows. Um, and sound designer Ben Burt, who we also know, did some sound effects for uh, for some of the characters. And uh, then there was a, uh, basically they did this in the studio owned by a guy named Tony Bongiovi, who all then co-produced the album. Now that's interesting because Tony Bongiovi had a cousin named John Bon Jovi, who then later would change his stage name to John Bon Jovi. And yes, this is the very first professional recording of John Bon Jovi is on this album. He, he plays on one song, which we'll get to. Uh, Ralph McQuarrie did the cover art. So um, love Ralph McQuarrie. I would like and- that art on a t-shirt. Like I, I'm the, surprised the they art kind of slaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The art, the art's maybe the best thing on the album. Um, so I basically went before we get to the tracks. I went and found there was a, 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 an actual oral history of this album done by Andrea Warner in, back in 2016 for CBC, that's Radio Canada, and she spoke to Anthony Daniels and Maury Yeston and uh, Tony Bongiovi, 
And uh, just we'll, we'll read some, I'll read some excerpts from that to give you some history here. So it, uh, Tony Bon Jovi says, Anthony Daniels flew in from England and he did the voices. We got him via Lucasfilm. We want to get as many original things as we could to put on there. And Chewbacca didn't work out too well. He wasn't very <laughs> musical. So that didn't work. But Daniels did. He did a good job on the record. Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher don't sing. So there wasn't too much we could do with them. Although I, I Carrie could, Fisher does sing. We'll get into that. Okay. Although I could have had access to both of them. But at that time, what were we going to do? He's an actor. She's an actress. If they could sing, it would be different. Mark Hamill, we could have gotten all of them, but they're not singers. So they don't fit on a record album. Uh, to your point, Carrie Fisher. She used to sing with her mother, Debbie Reynolds. And like, they, that was a big deal. Not only sure. that, but she. I mean, she's not Liza Minnelli, but she did it. As not to steal our thunder from next week, but she definitely sings the big Life Day song in the Star Wars Holiday Special, which I'm going to make you guys watch next <laughs> week. Uh, apologies in advance. So uh, clearly she's singing in other Star Wars properties, yeah. um, but they. I think play. it's better that they don't sing in this because I feel like it would be very awkward to hear Harrison Ford sing in this yeah. thing. I'm like, I don't think I want to hear Harrison Ford. I don't know. I would love to hear him deliver some of these lines. Like, <laughs> everyone will have a cookie. I bought extra for the Wookiee. Yeah. I yeah. wouldn't mind Mark Hamill. I think he would have, uh, he would have, uh, I think Mark Hamill but... would have had fun with it based mm-hmm. solely on his appearance um, on The Muppet Show. Mm-hmm. And yes. so I think I think that's the vibe he would have brought So good. That. That, that Muppet Show episode is so Fantastic. good. And and obviously, he's obviously famous for doing voices. Yeah. So he... But I'm, I'm not sure if he discovered that talent yet, but at this point in 1980. Well, he but... was, I think in that Muppet Show, he's doing Yoda voices and stuff. Uh, no, maybe he, I mean, I assume I, he's probably been doing it. Um. And da- Anthony Daniels doesn't really sing either. No. He's like doing the, the – no. they even talk about this, how Rex Harrison, this Broadway performer, was t- famous for doing talking singing. And that's basically what Anthony Daniels does. He just does the talking singing. Um, as far as Bon Jovi, uh, here's some of the story on that. Uh, Tony Bon Jovi says, when I started working with my cousin, John, I started working with CBS Records at the time, and I couldn't get him a deal. I tried to do everything I could to get him out here. I knew that the record – was going to come out. I knew that it was going to sell. So he sang on it. If you have a hit, then you can turn around and say, hey, this album's a hit. Let's turn around and sign him. But nobody wanted to sign John. It was a big uphill battle. I put him on that, a Budweiser commercial, anything I could do. But that's how he ended up on that track. If this album hits big and you're the lead singer, then I can do a record with you is what it's thinking. It took me a long time. I couldn't get him signed. A few years later, a radio station had a band contest. I said, okay, let's try that. And the rest is history. So th- they thought this would be his big break. <laughs> Little bit you know, that's, that's that's usually the the rock star pipeline is you make a Star Wars holiday album and then you get your big break. Favorite Jovi song, Lauren Morgan, go. I guess Living on a Prayer. Okay, fair enough. Devin? Probably Living on the on a Prayer. I'm, uh, confession, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm not a She doesn't know the song title. She was <laughs> I'm not a huge Bon Jovi person. I, I enjoy Bon Jovi, but it's not necessarily my go-to. I'm not a massive Jovi fan either, but I'll tell you, um, Dan Snearson and I were talking about One Hit Wonders, and we had the discussion where, you know, obviously they're known for Wanted Dead or Alive. Mm-hmm. Not, not One Hit Wonders, I'm sorry, Power Ballads. Yeah. And, and Wanted Dead or Alive, obviously, is their famous Power Ballad. I go a little, I'll be there for you, because mm-hmm. I love the lyrics. I'll be there for you, these five words I swear to you, if you breathe, I want to be the air for you. <laughs> I'll be there for you. <laughs> That's pretty great. It's poetry. Mm. <laughs> um, so uh, they put out this album, but like everyone's, I guess, starting to realize that maybe this isn't the best album to ever come out. <laughs> so everyone's kind of distancing themselves a little bit for it. And um, and uh, and Yeston was talking about basically how he he recorded sort of the demo versions of the songs, and then they just had him record the tracks for the album. And he said, well, what name am I going to use? I'm not going to put my own name on it because I'm not going to do that. I don't want to get fired from Yale and I'm fine writing this, but I want to sound I don't want to sound like a recording artist who sounds like Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, we'll just call the recording artist of those songs the Star Wars Intergalactic Droid Choir and Chorale. So I am the Star Wars Intergalactic Droid Choir and Chorale. <laughs> the meaning of Christmas is me too. I'm S. Claus. We'll get into S. Claus. That's me at the end. And now they're going to release the album, right? We're on board and they got the artwork from Star Wars. And I got to tell you, I raised an eyebrow because I thought we'd get something that looked like the Star Wars logo. I was really surprised when we didn't get that. And I don't know why, but I think they just had a feeling like, 
quote, maybe we should distance ourselves slightly from this. (laughs) (laughs) And it gets worse. Uh, It comes out on RSO Records, right? And here's Yeston again. Two days after the album is released, I went to the corporate offices of RSO Records because I thought I'd like to ask them about the music publishing or something. And the front door was locked. They had gone out of business. (laughs) (laughs) They went out of business two days after the album was released, never to be heard from again. Recently, I found out it was because of some lawsuit that was being threatened, and they just decided to close the doors. So there was no record company behind it. They had initial pr- they had an initial pressing of one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and that was it. No, uh, no promotion, no anything. So that's a little that's a little rough. But uh, what do you guys think of that history there, Lauren? Of uh, does that surprise you after hearing the album? Well, the funny thing is, I didn't even know this album existed until you mentioned it, and it was funny because I sent it to my sister, who also grew up in the eighties, as I did. And we, neither of us knew that this thing existed. And we had like a lot of like crazy novelty Christmas albums like Alvin and the Chipmunks, like whatever novelty, like us, like Sesame Street ones. And so we're like, how did we not know about this album? And I just all I can think of is that my parents heard this album and thought, we don't want to listen to this anymore and hid it from us. It's fair play. So, it's yeah. a fair play on their part. Yeah. But both my sister and I are like, we would have listened to this for the last like, you know, 40 years like what happened how did we miss this album so you know it's now going to be a christmas classic i got i i finally got it because it was like rhino in the 1990s reissued it on cd so that that's when i got it um i i'm not even sure i paid for it i think i just got like a promotional (laughs) copy which maybe is for the best (laughs) devin uh, any sort of uh initial thoughts after hearing this history uh and your just thoughts about the album before we go track by track yeah, I'm just also fascinated by this. It is sort of a, you know, you think about the the holiday special and how that has become, even though it's kind of hard to find and 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 not, you know, shown a ton, but like that has become, you know, a, a pop culture touchstone. Everybody is familiar with the holiday special. Um, whereas this has sort of gone under the radar, which is kind of fascinating to me. Um, I'm also just kind of fascinated as somebody who specifically loves Star Wars music and loves the John Williams of it all, that this is so not that like yeah. there's no John Williams music cues. There's like no, none of that in, in this. It is just like pure Christmas cheese. And also from listening to this podcast, you guys know I'm very, you know, I'm very particular about like my canon. Like, why are there llamas on, on <laughs> oh, Endor, yeah, you know? And so I, I have a lot of thoughts and we'll get into this as, as we go song by song about, you know, just the, what, what is, you know, S. Claus exists in the in the Star mm-hmm. Wars universe, and also maybe Einstein, and also maybe cows. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll get into it. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, just well, I mean, first off, just the overarching thing is Christmas. Like they, <laughs> they yeah, celebrate like, Christmas. Right? This does, does Christ exist in this? Yeah, year? yeah. To be clear, this album does not take place on Earth. Okay, this is not like <laughs> somehow C three PO and R two D two were like put in a. Uh, you know, escape pod and somehow it like, you know, ended up on earth. This, uh, in fact, we can just use that to lead into our, our, our lead track as we take a listen, because this does not take place on earth. It takes place. It is indeed Christmas in the stars. Watch out, I like this track. I mean, you know, it's we're grading on a curve. Let's be honest. <laughs> it's it's jaunty, I feel. It sort of reminds me a little bit of a uh, no one's gonna get this reference, uh, unless you have like a six-year-old girl at home. Um, but it's like Christmas in the Ocean from the Disney Princess Christmas album. I'm just gonna give a shout to that. Uh, oh it's, no, I hope my daughter never finds oh, out. Oh, I hope that. I hope oh, she no. never finds out about oh, that no. either. I didn't even know about <laughs> no. that. I gotta hide that one. Christmas in the ocean is my motion of fun. Uh, all right, so <laughs> It's C-3PO on lead vocals. We're going to get a lot of that, which sounds on the surface like a really dicey proposition, you know, like having C-3PO be your lead vocals. But I think for the most part- It's very charming. It works. Yeah. Lauren, do you like, what do you think of uh, Christmas in the Stars? I, I immediately, after I listened to this, I'm like, I need to talk to Anthony Daniels about this. But I'm just like, he's such a good, he's always been such a good sport about all of this stuff, you know, every- 
Star Wars related thing he's asked to do. And and I'm, he's such a good sport on this. And so I thought it was delightful. Devin? I mean, I just can't get over the lyrical masterpiece that is, everyone will have a cookie. I bought extra for the Wookiee. It's <laughs> probably my favorite line on the entire it's good special. good planning, so too. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you know. I mean, imagine if you didn't bring cookies for the Wookiee. You'd yeah. be, you know, you'd be losing life. He's not going to eat just one. Mm-mm. No, it's it's like it's uh, it's like on Christmas every, you know, every year you've got to leave out your milk and cookies for Chewbacca, not not Santa. Everybody knows that Chewbacca comes to your house and, and eats all your your milk and cookies. But no, I this... This whole album is ridiculous to me. I have a I have a medium tolerance for C3PO, we'll say. I think a little bit of C3PO goes a long way and this is a very C3PO heavy <laughs> album. You think? <laughs> um seeing as and I also love that if you look at the uh the cover um it's you know featuring the original cast R2D2 and then Anthony Daniels as C3PO. I do like that R2D2 is billed first. That yeah. is just hilarious to me. Um but no, I I this this first song slaps. I'm I'm a fan. Can we also give a shout out that the fact that R5D4 gets name checked in this song uh although that mischievous scamp is getting a little bit of trouble. He's playing with hover skates. And he gets Typical. admonished for playing with the toys instead of, of making them. And this basically sets up the conceit of the whole album that it's that droids are essentially elves, I guess. And they're 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 helping this enigmatic S clause who whose identity is not revealed until the very last track. So I don't know if we should spoil spoiler alert. I don't know if we <laughs> who S clause is. Uh, but there's uh, there's someone named S clause and these droids are are making Christmas toys because apparently they celebrate Christmas in this galaxy, Devin. Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't they? I, what, 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 what part of that logic is not making sense to you? There's going to be a lot of logic that doesn't make sense to any of us uh, as, as the album continues. Um, all right. Anything else anyone wants to say about Christmas in the, in the, in the stars? All right. Let's move on to track uh, two now. The somewhat repetitively titled Bells, Bells, Bells. Kind of sort, bells to play and bells to sport, chiming what the hour is now. All right, so um, apparently R2D2 doesn't know what bells are. <laughs> he, uh, it's also, I, yeah, so I, I mean, there's some good rhymes here too. I mean, C3PO rhymes question with indigestion. That yeah, there's yeah. that line. Not that bells and indigestion are the same is is quite a quite a line. And, and apparently, but, R, and, and that R two D two doesn't know what indigestion is, which I guess he's a I he's a droid. If you're a droid, yeah, you know, why would doesn't you really know? come into but play. But why would but why would C three PO know that either? He uh, knows everything. I, yeah, I guess. I guess. True. I like the first song, Christmas is for being jaunty, but to me, this one is like too cheery. It's like bordering on sort of creepy. Like I, I was sort of thinking, it's like it's sort of like the song you would hear like in a like a irreverent murder scene. Like when someone's just like going on a killing spree and they, they it's like, you're like on the walking dead where Daryl was being tortured with the song easy street, which was really peppy and happy. Like I could see bells, bells, bells being used for total torture purposes. That was the one that I think most reminded me of listening to um, the chipmunks Christmas album. Mm. And then the chipmunks Christmas album, I was like, this is a little chipmunky for me. So See, this is the one that I have the most problem with canon wise, because this is the <laughs> one where we name drop Einstein and H.G. Wells. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's, it's kind of like a little nod and a wink because it's like, oh, R2-D2, you don't know who Einstein is. Um, name drops cows. Um uh, the nation of Japan. I just, yeah. I, I feel like there are so many better rhymes <laughs> that they could have gone with here. But it was very – it felt a little first draft to me. But um, as someone who who is, you know, very obsessed with, with canon and what is and isn't in the Star Wars universe, I'm – I'm fascinated by this. I'm. I. How does how does C3PO know who HG Wells is? Yeah. Oh, well, HG Wells, to be fair, does have a time machine, Devin. So if this took place That's a true. long time ago. So HG Wells, I'm going to give a pass. Einstein, I'm not so sure about. That's yeah. a little tougher. So maybe HG Wells learned about Einstein and his time traveling, oh, and then just <laughs> and went back. that's it. Yeah. And then educated everyone. But yes. here's what's up. Uh, by the way, let me tell you about indigestion. Um, <laughs> Uh, here's what I'm thinking as I listen to this song. You mentioned that Japan gets name checked. There's a really unfortunate like Japanese music interlude 
that happens at one point. I was like, oh my God, thank God they didn't make a video for this. Like, th- like I'm just thinking about how offensive that were like, like droids yeah. with like, like parasols under, like, I was just like, oh my God, like this could have gone so, like it's bad enough as it is. It could have gotten so much worse in 1980 when they decided to do a little like Japanese musical interlude. Oof. Oof. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I, I, I still understand how R2-D2 doesn't know what bells are, uh, but that's, you know, where we're at with this song. It obviously hasn't been the Ferrex yet. Yeah, that's true. This is true. It's true. Mm-hmm. Um, at least not that we know of, right? He's probably going to show up. Yeah, that I, damn droid <laughs> shows up everywhere. Is he, does he somewhere. still have his jetpacks at these at this point? Can he still fly? I, I do think maybe he will show up at the end of uh, Andor if they're all in heaven. So. <laughs> All right, so on my scorecard, we're one and one. Like, I like the first song. The second one's not so great. Um, Agreed. Let's go to the third track on side one, The Odds Against Christmas. The odds against Christmas being Christmas are 365 to one. Christmas, you see, could have easily never, ever begun. So if Devin didn't like that H.G. Wells and Albert Einstein were getting name-checked, the fact that the Magna Carta (laughs) comes up in this song, I'm sure is at the top of her list. Look, I have many questions. I have many questions. I wrote in my notes that like this one is just basically spoken word poetry, um, as are, you know, honestly, many of the the C3PO performances here. Um, yeah, I mean, I love that this is actually referencing something that happens in the films, which is C3PO's, you know, constant need to um, you know, uh dilute everything down to odds and numbers. We we love a little bit of, you know, a consistency. But um you know, again, just just kind of not my favorite, not my favorite on the on the on the album. Lauren, this one left me kind of cold. So mm. I mean, especially when we're we're getting into the number four on the chart. So, but yeah, this one I kind of like. Meh, it's okay. I don't even know what the song is supposed to mean. Like, I get, I it, I guess it's that. Isn't it crazy that Christmas exists? There's so many ways that it couldn't like. The odds against Christmas being Christmas are 365 to one is a lyric. And so that just sounds like calendar math to me. I don't know <laughs> what that has to do with anything, but it's, I, I, I don't really understand it. I don't understand the point of it. And it's, it's, it's kind of this annoying sing songy number and yeah, it does not hit at all. And like, it just, it's, it's kind of nonsensical all the way around. Um, so they're, the, the album's kind of hitting a rut here, if I'm going to be honest, right? Like, wh- what are you thinking, Lauren, at this point, your first listen? You've heard three of these tracks, and where's your head at? Um, I still loved it. You know, I mean, it's it's it, it, I, I was still kind of amazed that this existed, since I just had not known that this existed for, like, you know, whatever, 42 years of some sort. Uh, so, I mean, I was still into it, but I do think this might have been the song when my daughter was like, can we listen to something else? And yeah. I was like, no. So... That's when you put on repeat. That's when you yeah. just go back to, let's listen to the odds against Christmas again. What are the odds I'm going to hit repeat? Take that. You've, I was like, you've made me listen to the Frozen 2 soundtrack 465 times. We're listening to this. Uh, so. But I think then we get into a certified banger. All I right. think track yeah, four. Let, yeah. let, let's, let's hit it. Uh, this is, what can you get a Wookiee for Christmas? A parenthetical, classic. when he already owns a comb. Let me see. We have a scarf for Skywalker, right? Yes. For the princess? Yes, yes, yes. What about Han Solo? Couldn't we get him here, huh? That leaves one big problem. The Wookiee! Couldn't we get him a comb? He gave him a comb last year. What can you get? A wooden for Christmas when he already owns a comb. What can you get in a hurry for a furry kind of friend like? I mean, do you think Wookiees are really using combs? I don't think so. Well, uh, you know, hey, I don't want you to, to give a spoiler alert for later in the, in the record, <laughs> uh, Lauren, in terms of what else they might want for Christmas. But, That's true. Uh, this is, first off, I love a song with a parenthetical in the title. <laughs> like, you, you already got me with that. Like, I'm in already. And, um, you know, this is a bop, right, Devin? This is a bop. 
It's a bop. I I love the little intro where they're like they they're running down their shopping list, everything that they've already gotten. You know, a scarf for Skywalker, um, earmuffs for Han Solo, perfume for Leia, um, and then you know we get into uh, you know um, what what are we going to get for Chewbacca? It's a it's it's truly a conundrum. You know, he doesn't need a tie clip. He doesn't use shaving foam. You know, no galoshes. he doesn't wear galoshes. Yeah. Get those out of here. Um, don't even know, think what, about a hat. You, no. Why would he need a hat? You don't not for a furry kind of friend like that. No. <laughs> That's another great lyric. Um, no, this one, this one rolls. And, and I think I'm correct in that this one was actually released as a single, mm-hmm. um, or like got a got a single release. Um which is and the the album art is fantastic. It's Chewbacca looking very windswept and like frostbitten. I think it must be a still from when they were on Hoth. Um, but it's just I this one's a bot, man. I, I I this is where the album really gets going for me. Things things really get cooking. Now I listen. I know you're a sucker for canon, so there's the uh, listen. We got to address the big question on everyone's mind. Does this mean that Wookiees celebrate Life Day and Christmas? Because I thought Life Day was essentially their Christmas. In the Star Wars holiday special, again, apologies for next week, ladies. I cannot (laughs) express this enough that you're about to watch the two-hour Star Wars holiday special. But Life Day is their Christmas. It is presented as their Christmas. I guess maybe it's more of a Thanksgiving, but they get the gifts and everything. So I don't know, Lauren, these guys, uh, these Wookiees can't have enough holidays. It seems. I mean, honestly, if you're going to get presents, you might as well get them as on as many holidays as you can. So, you know, I, I, I mean, life day, Christmas, why not just keep celebrating everything? I mean, do they celebrate Easter? Are they, are they big on Valentine's day? Like what other uh, holidays are Wookiees celebrating? Those, those are my questions. As, and those are good questions. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if like, you know, maybe there's, you know, they had planned more albums uh, to, to, to address all those. Remember, it's like, what was, what was the first one? Was it, there's those terrible where they, Gary Marshall was like, Mother's Day, oh, and then, yeah. then, then and New then Year's Day, Day or Valentine's oh, God, Day. Was, they yeah. started doing all these awful movies around holidays with all these like intersecting stories. They're all like Love Actually ripoffs and stuff. Yeah. Well, I don't know how Han Solo is going to look in those earmuffs. I just want to yeah, state that for the record. I'm not sure that's a great gift. I would have gotten him a lighter or something, you know, maybe some some Millennium Falcon polish. Did you say a lighter? Yeah. Like, if, like he's a smoker? Like he smokes? I don't know. He probably could use it for something. <laughs> he just seems like a man who could use a lighter. You Wait, know? What do you think about perfume for Leia? I think she'd yeah. throw it at you. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Devin, yeah, you, you, like, what do you think of the earmuffs thanks. for Han Solo? No, I think I think Han Solo needs earmuffs. It can get you know kind of cold on the Millennium Falcon. I feel like you he know. just wouldn't admit that he was Hoth cold, too. and he would just be like one of those. I mean, guys who just doesn't believe in jackets or something. Then I'll That's see you true. in hell. Yeah. <laughs> well, he wears that awesome parka though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that par- parka. I always wanted that parka. I think they sell that parka. I want that. That's what well, I listen, want. Listen, Laura knows any all any I, and all Star yeah. Wars materials, branded content. She knows about. Is I feel like the scarf is kind of a good call for Luke, though. I'll be honest. Yeah. I kind of <laughs> like that. He's from Tatooine. He doesn't have any cold weather clothes. You know, he yeah. needs. He's he, the first time he saw snow, he probably lost his little mind, and so he was like, "Wow, I wish I had." Something to put around my neck and warm me up, and boom! I just got a scarf. I just if he had just showed up in Jabba's palace with that scarf on, <laughs> I, like so I think good. it's a totally different story. That I think he's like, look, I'll trade you the scarf for my buddy in carbonite over there, and I think that's an offer Jabba can't refuse. Long, yeah, I think I think you know he'd be like, yeah, sure, that scarf looks lovely. I'm sure it's cashmere, or whatever is the Star Wars equivalent of cashmere. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Look, if there's one thing Luke Skywalker knows, it's how to make an entrance with like and with a look. Mm-hmm. Like he knows that when he shows up to Jabba's palace, he's got to look the part. He's in like his all black ensemble with the boots. When he's you know doing his little hologram to fight Kylo in Last Jedi, he like yeah. shaves and like you know shows up. I mean, like he look, just for he men knows. for himself in the Last Jedi. I was like, what what happened to your beard? It's a look, lot darker than it ever was before. The power of looking good and mm-hmm. making an entrance. So I think he would appreciate the scarf. I think that's I, I think really just a, a trait of the, of the Jedi's. The Jedi's were, they were all kind of drama queens with like, you know, the capes. Or maybe it's just an Obi-Wan thing that he picked up. The dramatic. I think he like, just got it from Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, that's, so that, that's the track of the album so far. Are we all in agreement? Yes. I mean, we'll, yeah. s- we'll see if anything can top it. Um, I'll tell you what, this next song is not going to top it for me. Uh, Let's take a quick listen here to R2-D2, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. (laughs) 
about the winter star We know that's where you are Our chimney's big and round So you can come right down And if our wish comes true We'll spend Christmas Eve with you Our hearts will sing with glee As we decorate the Christmas tree Alright, so... <laughs> That was Bon Jovi. We'll talk about him in a minute. Uh, that you're short singing before that. I can't express how much I hate listening to little kids sing. <laughs> I'm the same way. I hate it. Children's choir. I I'm sorry. It. That makes me a Grinch. But I just ugh, like nails on a chalkboard. There, there was this song in the in the '80s that came out. Lauren, maybe you'll remember this mm -hmm. one called "Dear Mr. Jesus," and it was a song. It was terrible because it was about like child abuse and it was like to raise money and like. But it was like little kids singing like the entire time. And I just like it made me so angry. Like it was just terrible. And like I just can't stand the little kids choir, Lauren. Like then you got Jovi on there, and then he's being drowned out by these precocious little scamps. This is this is really just it's 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 chock full of Alveda. It's a it's a very, very cheesy track. Although, I mean, it's it reminded me a lot of the kind of Christmas music, minus R2D2 that I would have had to listen to when I was in Catholic school in the eighties. Like, this just seemed like very much like 80s Christmas cheese. Devin, your thoughts? Again, I'm just not a not a children's choir person. I'm with you, Dalton, on this one. I think it's just like, ooh, not for me. But you know what? Our boy, John Bon Jovi, he's given it his all. He is really like... How old is he, he at this point? He's like, I think he's like, like I think he's like Six. 17 or okay, 18 yeah. or something, right? I mean, he's 1980. So. Yeah. It doesn't sound like I he's had he alcohol yet. I think he elevates this one. Yeah. <laughs> I think he really gives it his all. He, you know, he got in the recording studio and like, you know, some of these lyrics are a little clunky and he does his his best with it. I like the way he pronounces chimney as three syllables. Um, <laughs> That's a good call. And I'm just into it. I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the, the lyrics. If the snow becomes too deep, just give a little beep. We'll go in by the fire and warm your little wires. <laughs> we'll get too close to the fire with those wires. <laughs> I uh, it doesn't sound at all like him though, right? Like, no, it doesn't. Like no, when you guys told me that that was who it was, I was like, really? Like I didn't totally did not clock. Like his voice does not sound like it would later on in the eighties, but uh, yeah, it doesn't sound like he's quite reached maturity yet. At this point, do you think this is like on repeat in the Bon Jovi household? I would like to know. Year? Like, does he even acknowledge that he does that did this? Like, or is he like, I don't know what you're talking I about? I think Mike. I mean, I know nothing about Bon Jovi, but like, I would think he. It's like it's that he would have fun with it, right? Like yeah, he's had so assume. much success, and it's like he's not bad on the song. Um, so I assume he has a sense of humor about it. Um, this is from that oral history that I told you about earlier. They they talk about this track and. Um, the the the, uh, the composer of it, Yeston, says uh, Mecco had the idea to have this simple song, and Mecco said he's got this little tune called R two D two. We wish you a Merry Christmas. And he said, "Let uh, let us record all of the children of every executive <laughs> oh, no. on both coasts who were involved in Star Wars, and we did. All the kids who ranged in age from maybe five to eleven were singing R two D two. We wish you a Merry Christmas, and my son was among them. It was a very large room." Studio A, and we split it into four areas, four corners, and there was a microphone hanging down from each corner. So you had fairly separate tracks. There was a percentage of the kids who couldn't sing, so we put all those kids under one of the four microphones, and we kept the microphone off. <laughs> oh, no. That's so savage. Yeah, this didn't really feel like a, tr a trained children's choir, so this no. kind of makes sense for the singing. Imagine. I wonder if there's any like like kid at the time now, just full fledged adult, who was part of that recording session, and now realized like that their mic was off. Yeah, and they were in that corner with that mic. Oh, they like were so excited. They like got the record and went to listen to it, and they were like, "I can't hear myself." Uh, oh, that makes me sad. <laughs> that, that is super uh, duper sad. That's terrible. Um. Well, you know, uh, they still got on the record, kind of, I guess. Not really. Uh, it's tough <laughs> noogies for them, I guess. Uh, all right. Listen, um, I don't know how to tell everyone this, but we're only halfway through this stupid album. <laughs> <laughs> that was just side one. We still have side two to get to. And don't you dare even think of bailing on that conversation. It is coming up right after this super quick break. And yes, that is something of a warning. Artu, 
Merry Christmas. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, uh, we are listening to Christmas in the Stars, colon, Star Wars Christmas album. I don't know why I find that so funny. Uh, literally not even a Star Wars logo on the cover. And uh, we we are just went through side one. And now we're going to get into side two. Uh, the good news is there's less tracks on side two. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and the, the first song is Sleigh Ride. Now this is this is kind of interesting because they they've taken a traditional song and they put a twist on it. Ladies, let's let's take a listen. There's a kind of feeling when you sing a melody and another person sings along in harmony. It's the loveliest thing that you can do to make your voice sound grand. These difficult things are the things you never will understand. So the idea, the conceit behind this track is that R2-D2 wants to learn how to sing. <laughs> Not making that up. He's like, what's up with singing? So he asked C-3PO to teach him, which seems to me like kind of an odd choice when John Bon Jovi's there. But he, he asked, <laughs> that's, that's the direction he decided to go in. So the music itself is just sleigh ride, right? Mm -hmm. Traditional sleigh ride. We all know it. We love it. But uh, but all the lyrics instead are about how to sing. It sounds like a really bad idea, but I actually kind of like it. I actually I, think this, this song is, works. This is possibly like my second or third favorite song on yeah. the track. Like, you know, it's just, it's, it's jaunty. It's, you know, Anthony Daniels. This is when I think I thought, Anthony, I'm like, God bless Anthony Daniels when I heard this. Cause he's just like, he's, he's, he's doing all he can to sell this one. So I, I, I really enjoyed this one. What do you think, Devin? I agree. This one slaps. I I love R2's like whistling beeps. I love um, you know, just I'm I'm into this one. I think, you know, the music's great. We all know Sleigh Ride. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's for like, oh, this is a decent melody. Um, and just yeah, it's this it I like it. It's fun. It's a it's a solid side to start to side two. I mean, I guess because we're all in agreement, and but it does say something that like one of the best, if not the best songs in the album is the one like non-original song. On the album. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's hard to screw up Sleigh Ride. Yeah, it's really hard it's to screw up that song. It's a classic for a reason. But they didn't. Although screw this it up. isn't necessarily the song that I would pick if somebody, if I was like, "Hey, teach me how to sing," I'd be like, "Great, Sleigh Ride. This <laughs> yeah. is the one yeah. for you." <laughs> I mean, well, it, but it, also. It just it makes me it makes me so sad because like I think you could have done something really fun musically with all of the John Williams cues. Like I keep coming back to that. Like Star Wars music is pretty great, you know, or even just like leaning more into like, you know, the sort of like string heavy, you know, or like horn heavy sound of of, you know, John Williams Star Wars. I would have liked a little bit more as opposed to sort of general Christmas cheese. Um did they mention no. if they asked for John Williams' participation and did he go, absolutely not? Not I have I have better <laughs> things to do with my time. I don't think he was in consideration because remember, again, Mecco, which I hope I'm yeah. pronouncing this right. He had a hit album or at least a hit song oh, so doing the same kind of nonsense sort of. I mean, there, there weren't droids. It was more just, it was all instrumental. But I think they're thinking, well, that guy had a hit doing that. So, so we'll make, just let him make, do this. Yeah, make us a Christmas album. Go for it. We'll um, the Maestro alone. So. I, I do think the song, I will give it, props too for being clever where R2's learning to sing and they have him kind of throughout the song like 
kind of getting it, but like kind of messing up, like rah, 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 like, and then eventually, hey, spoiler alert, he he learns how to sing. But they they sort of play that well throughout the track, and it's it's fun, it's fun. Uh, all right, so we're back, we're back on the good side. Let's see if we can keep the good vibes rolling with our next track, "Merry Merry Christmas." Merry, merry Christmas, have a Christmas with glee. Here's a little toy, any girl or boy certainly would love to see. Merry, merry Christmas, merry Christmas to who? Take a guess, yes, yes. Merry Christmas to you. So this this is kind of an assault on the senses. <laughs> yeah, this this is possibly my least favorite one on the album. I was like, oh, this is a lot. This one sounds like a like they wrote it for like a Muppets special. Yeah. And then just like left it on the cutting room. I, floor. Again, the uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Uh, it just seems like, you know, maybe that was like, you know, just referring to that album again. <laughs> like that was like, we're just gonna make this sound slightly more droidy and do it again. So it, yeah, it's the same sort of structure and singing style of what what can you get a Wookiee for Christmas? Mm-hmm. It's sort of that that same style of droids. Um and it's I, I guess it's the song it's is just a, way too fast. It's really fast. It's just frantic. Mm-hmm. It's really frantic. And it, and it, it I guess the song's about weird toys to give like it's kind of like the island of misfit toys situation like from rudolph the red-nosed reindeer or um and i you know there's some weird stuff happening in this song at one point a wookie puts on an invisible costume and starts tickling droids i didn't realize droids are ticklish <laughs> i don't know if they don't have indigestion i don't know how they could be ticklish but apparently they are and and it's really just not generally a good song but there's something about this song that i absolutely love this song has a brilliant callback that rivals enrico palazzo (laughs) the best comedic callback of all time dan snearson and i always talk about that's our favorite comedic callback is enrico palazzo in the naked gun where in the middle of the song this merry merry christmas song one of the droids like hey what's up what are we we didn't figure out what are we getting the wookie this year has the data come back? And the data has come back. And I don't, I don't know if we should spoil it for the listeners. Maybe they should go <laughs> figure out themselves. But the answer is given in this song, like two, three songs later, they give the answer to what to get a Wookiee for Christmas. I think that's brilliant. I mean, it does show someone was paying attention. Yeah, someone. You know, as much as this pro- probably was just a desperate money grab, someone was trying to do their best with it. Yeah, they wanted there to be a genuine story arc throughout this, you know, <laughs> what is 30-minute album. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the mystery of S-Claws. We still haven't figured – we still got two more tracks to go to figure out who S-Claws is. Who could he be? So, you know, this album just keeps yo-yoing, like, back and forth. Um, and then we get, a, we get an, a very interesting track, a very unique track. It's got another parenthetical in the title. That's mm, – Maybe the only good thing I can say about it. It's this is a Christmas sighting, parentheses, twas the night before Christmas. Hurry up, everyone. We have to finish before S. Claus gets here. Why do we have to leave every Christmas before he arrives? Because he doesn't want us to see him. Why not? Maybe. He's shy. Maybe he doesn't exist. Oh, he exists, all right. I have a sighting right here in my memory bank. You mean you actually saw... Judge for yourself. It happened only last year. It's it's not a song. It's a story. I've listened to it 200 times in my life, and it's so <laughs> freaking boring, I still don't even know what the story is, Lauren. No idea. See, I didn't mind that so much because I just, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't mind being told a Christmas tale by. Uh, well, C-3PO is a master storyteller. We know yeah. this from Return of the Jedi, right? When the, the, the enraptured Ewoks, but the, there's no sound effects. He doesn't have like the lightsaber noise I know, they or the Darth Vader done breathing. a little bit more, but you know, I, I, I didn't mind it so much. I mean, after the, the all out all right, so, uh, audio assault of the last song. So what's the, what's the story about? I mean, I don't know. You have no idea. <laughs> Devin, what's the story I mean, about? I didn't remember he, what word I said last week. You want me to ask for a song, a story verbatim? I have no idea. Is it a wild story or a crazy story? Yeah. Is it a, it's both a wild and learned, a crazy we, story. We can't trust Lauren's memory. No, no, no this you is really a story cannot. about how C-3PO, you know, is, is hanging out. And then one time he sees this mysterious figure who he identifies as S. Claus, which raises a lot of <laughs> questions about who S. Claus is. 
fortunately for us, we get those answers in the next song, The Meaning of Christmas. But yeah, no, this is all about, you know, our our boy S. Claus. Uh, wow. Well, at least one of us was paying attention yeah, uh, uh, during this thing. <laughs> you guys I was decorating a tree. Like, you know, I didn't really do much research for this. You guys have done a lot more research than I did. I just kind of listened to it and was like, this is fun. Listen, that's- I listened to it in the office, which was- That's commitment. I, I did not fall asleep during C-3PO's story, to be honest, but I, I- I do kind of fall asleep during the next song. Let's uh <laughs> the, the good news the, the bad news is it's it's the next song. The good news is it's the last song. Uh so let's take a listen. We won't make you listen to all eight minutes of it. Eight so minutes, long. but this is a, a snippet of the meaning of Christmas. And as any child <laughs> can see, Christmas needs a Christmas tree. Making tiny lights with family close at hand. Christmas rings on every door. Christmas carols by the score. Christmas is a time for All right. First off, our producer, Sammy Junio, is trolling us by playing that long a clip and making us listen to all that. <laughs> Here's what I, what I first want to want to want to find out. Lauren, the identity of S. Claus is revealed in this song. Do you know who S. Claus is? I mean, I assume it's Santa Claus, but honestly, I don't nope. remember listening nope. to the nope. lyrics nope. that much. You're wrong. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't. I'm not. I'm not big on listening to lyrics, so <laughs> I'm like, whatever. I wasn't listening. This is the to big lyrics. reveal. You had to wait through the entire album to find out who the enigmatic S. Claus was. I was decorating a tree. I wasn't really paying attention. So, <laughs> Devin, Lauren's all about vibes. Yeah, just I, vibes. I, yeah, no that's plot. honestly, I'm all about vibes. Like, I'm like, oh, I like this. This the vibes of this song. What did it talk about? I don't know, but well, you know. He, he's not Santa Claus. It he actually is Santa Claus's son because quote there are far too many children in the galaxy for one clause to handle. So he S Claus is Santa Claus. I don't know if he's Devin. Is he Santa Claus Junior? Like is he Sam Claus? Is he Stephen Claus? It's never. I revealed. have many questions about all of this. Santa um, Claus Junior. I, I you know, Santa Jr. over here. And but but what we learn is that, you know, the, this whole thing is, takes place in this droid workshop where the droids are sort of like the little they're the elves making uh, toys for all the good children in, um, all around the galaxy. And at the end, the, the, the droids, having learned about Christmas, are like, hey, that sounds great. I want some Christmas presents. Like, when do I get some Christmas presents? And S. Claus tells them, you don't get any Christmas presents. You know what your Christmas present is? The happiness your toys bring to children around the galaxy. That's your gift. Like, that's an actual line. I love the fact that they're like, why don't we get any presents? And he's like, you, the the fruits of your labor are your presents. That you wasn't in the presents. job description. You don't get presents, you make them. Yeah, S. Claus yeah. is kind of an a-hole. But, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it, but it's like this idea of like, okay, you've spent this whole year working for you don't know what. And but the joy that it will bring other people is is truly was the real gift all along. Also, this the singer is is no John Bon Jovi. Yeah, it's, it's. I don't know why didn't they just get John Bon Jovi it's to more sing this Yeston. one too? It's more Yeston again. Uh, was singing it. Uh, I'll I'll give you some some more background information on this song because Lord knows everyone wants it. Uh, so in this, once again, in this great oral history article, um, he Maury Yeston says at some point. The way to end this is for somebody to say, what is this Christmas anyway? Anyway, what does Christmas mean? Why are we here? Who else could tell you that? But Yoda. So I wrote a song for the meaning of Christmas for Yoda. He wanted Yoda to <laughs> sing this song. Everything was going smoothly. Then we got terrible news. Frank Oz, who's going to sing the meaning of Christmas, could not come and sing. He had to rearrange his sock drawer, I think. Now, he says, Frank Oz was at, in, at the time in London filming and recording the Muppet movie in which he played Miss Piggy. And Frank, according to what we were told, could not be Yoda during this time. His persona was Miss Piggy. 
It was like Marlon Brando. Yeah. He just had to stay in character. That was the excuse he literally used to get off this stupid album. Probably a a better artistic decision on Frank Oz's part. He's probably like, let's be real. The Muppet movie is a masterpiece mm-hmm. and probably one of the greatest films of all time. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm not mad about this. Anyone Frank Oz made legs? the right decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So we so. didn't know quite know what to do, but we figured that we'll figure that out. But before <laughs> we even had to confront that problem, RSO, the record label, sent a message to Mecco and everybody in the power station. That's where they were recording. We were three quarters of the way done with the album, and they said the album is down. The album is canceled. And Mecco, whose name I'm probably still mispronouncing, was distraught. So now the album's done. It's over. Why? George, George Lucas, has serious concerns about any mixture of the metaphor of the force with Christianity. Now he comes up with this one? I said, so the problem is my song, The Meaning of Christmas? George did not want to intermingle the message of the force with Christianity. And that was it. The album was over. Case closed. So I rewrote the lyric to what it is, which is obviously a shallow, trekly, insignificant, cliched list of Christmassy kind of things. I did it because we had done an album and we'd all worked very hard and the album was back on. So I'm kind of curious, though, like, like, was this something that someone was talking to George about, like, Oh, they're doing a Christmas album, and he's in the middle of return. You know, uh, Empire Strikes Back. He's yeah. he's not really paying attention, not really paying attention. And then one day, he's just sitting there going, "Hold on, why are we doing a Christmas album?" Like it seems <laughs> like he kind of came into this discussion kind of late in terms of like, I mean, and we know he has a chaotic approach to canon, but you know, he, he, he does. And like you know, then he tried, like you know, he then obviously like wiped the holiday special off the face of of the earth uh, everywhere but YouTube. And we know like this album is was out of print forever. And then we know, like, we could all tell when we did the uh, the Ewok deep dives of the two Ewok movies that that first Ewok movie was really just yeah. no one, everyone Slap was dash. asleep at the wheel on that one. Yeah. And then maybe they they got it a little better for the second one. So, yeah, I guess maybe he was too, just too busy. Yeah, know? maybe he was just not really thinking about it. And then just one day started thinking about it and was like, maybe not, you know. Yeah, there's a couple times in this this album where you're like, are they suggesting the existence of space Jesus and space Christianity? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, was he con- immaculately conceived via midi chlorians? I I don't know. I mean, well, so it's it's I, it's just this entire album raises more questions than it answers. It does give us <laughs> some answers, like the identity of S. Claus. Um, and which I totally missed because I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> it's like the one thing. It's like it's like watching Dallas and like I, skipping the Who Shot Jr. episode. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that was that was I. Uh, my sister was a Dallas obsessive, so like literally that was that was a big deal. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do remember Who Shot Jr. So. All right. Who shot Jr.? It was his um his secretary Kirsten. Was it Kristen? Yeah. yeah that. See, I do remember that. Uh, Spoiler alert. So, yeah, seriously. Uh, so, uh, Lauren's going to listen to this again to torture her daughter. Uh, mm-hmm. Devin, will you ever listen to this album again? Um, Maybe to show people it and be like, hey, did you know? <laughs> like, next time somebody brings up John Bon Jovi in conversation, I'll be mm-hmm. like, I have a fun fact about John Bon Jovi. I'm planning to listen to this at Christmas dinner because I'm going to my sister's house. So, we're just going to put this on. Has she heard it yet? Oh, yeah, she did. I sent it to her, so... Can we get a hot take from your sister for next week? Can we get her take? Like, oh, yeah. Play, play her take on the pod. Just oh. have her record her. She doesn't like to be. Uh, she doesn't like that one do- one minute limit we put on her. No, 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 no. So no, let's no. put she, that on again. Yeah, let's, yeah. Okay. Let's put, <laughs> <laughs> you have one minute to talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. We got the stopwatch out. Mm-hmm. Uh, one minute. I want a one minute hot take from your sister on this on this uh, Christmas in the stars. I will let her know. Uh, all right. Any, any final thoughts? <laughs> I think my final thoughts are that I just I think this it's fine. It had the potential to be great. You know what I mean? Like, ugh, like, like, can't, like, can't be great. Like, I wish they would have leaned more into the John Williams music. I wish they would have, you know, leaned more into more Star Wars references and less references about like Albert Einstein. Um, I wish they would have, you know, not leaned so heavily on on our boy Anthony Daniels, though he is he is knocking it out of the park. I really respect him for that. And um I I just I think that Santa's son is an asshole. Yeah. And yeah, you know, is. forcing all these dra- these droids to work for, you know, without, you know, gifts or or pay or just, you know, the just joy. That's your payment. 
I, I think the the droids should unionize. That's my takeaway he's, from he, from this Christmas album. S. Claus sounds like he was exiled, essentially. Like you know, like he's he's not on the North Pole. Maybe he's, he didn't have the correct spirit of Christmas, and you know, just where where is S. Claus's workshop? Is it Hoth? Do we assume? I mean, I would assume it's. I mean, Hoth. there are, there are other cold planets, so maybe it's someplace else, but. No, wherever you need a, a sweater or, or a, a scarf for Skywalker and earmuffs for yeah, Han Solo. exactly. I feel like Hoth would be too cold for them. I think they need like sort of something slightly less sub zero in temperature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more festive, mm-hmm. wintry. Well, we're not done with Star Wars Christmas because we are going to undertake the Star Wars holiday special next week. So make sure you come come back for that if you weren't scared off. By, by this experience, uh, which has been a, a total blast. Uh, our thanks to John Bon Jovi and S. Claus for joining us this week. <laughs> uh, and thank you for joining us on this journey of Star Wars holiday delights. We would also love it if you would please follow and rate the podcast and tell your friends about it too. I'd love to see the rating after this episode. Like one of the reviews. All of Darren French's like uh, pe- people are going to come back and uh, downgrade <laughs> us because uh, The Witcher again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be awesome. That would be stuff in our stocking. And we'll even read it and give you a shout out on the podcast. You can also connect with us on social media. You can follow Entertainment Weekly on all socials. It's at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. You can also tag and follow us directly using at Dalton Ross, at Devin Kogan, and at More Lore. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll do it all over again next week. This episode of Dagobah Dispatch is hosted by Dalton Ross, Devin Kogan, and Lauren Morgan. Produced by Chanel Johnson and Sammy Junio. Edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening.